Alright, hello! Welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging and Friends. We are playing Call of Cthulhu tonight. We are continuing the horror on the Orient Express. Having just boarded the Orient Express, we immediately got off of it. And so, uh, so I feel like this campaign is uh, improperly named. Uh, because, uh, or maybe the horror of the Orient Express is that you'll never actually get to really ride on it <laughs> at any point. Uh, yeah, so it's good times. It's, the horror is FOMO. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your fear of uh, of missing out. But uh, I promise there is a train of sorts in this episode. So uh, so it's aptly sort of named, I guess, in a way. So it'll be fun. It's very Lovecraftian, too, because that's all fear of the unknown. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Yep, yep. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, buddy. Sorry, made myself snort. No. Oh, gosh. Okay. If you could just make yourself laugh, that's all that really matters. Uh, all right. So let's go ahead and uh, let's get in. Let's just start it. Uh, let's do a quick uh, quick roundtable. Who is everybody? Uh, Jeremy, who are you? My name is Joseph Tidwell, staff sergeant, stuntman, lover of cats. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Lover of cats. Unlike two people that we're going to meet in a moment. Not Gregory. <laughs> Gregory seems all right. So Gregory, Chuck, who are uh, you? I'm Gregory Kozel, uh, Mr. Moneybags, big game hunter. Um, yes, lover of cats. Absolutely. Big game hunter, uh, as, long as, it's not, as long as it's not a big cat. As long as it's not a cat. Anything exactly. else is on Anything the table. Fine. Everything yeah. else is fine. Otters, totally. Everything. Great. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Seals, I can't get a club big enough. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Uh, speaking of ruthlessly murdering cats, uh, Melissa, tell us about Pema. Yeah, so Pema Namdak actually is a cat lover. She actually has mm. a cat back in Tibet named Felix. Uh, but unfortunately, she was a bit uh, not so dexterous in this introduction to the uh, Dreamlands. And I uh, was horrified, absolutely horrified by the fact that she uh, injured a cat upon arrival. Uh, who did you leave Felix with? She doesn't even know. See? All right. Next up, we have uh, Killian <laughs> Bengura. Adam, that would require me having another name at the ready, and I do not have I, that. I would I would <laughs> think if you trusted them enough to watch Felix, you would know their name very easily, but clearly not. Anyhow, we're on to Adam now, Melissa. Thanks. Uh, uh -huh, Killian. Uh -huh. uh, hello. My name is Killian. I... Uh, specialize in people studies, but when I'm not studying people, I am rather fond of cats. Absolutely. I feel like there's a joke in here somewhere. I feel like there's a subtle joke, but we're going to move on. Not, it's not that subtle. I don't think it is. Not when Killian's involved. Uh, and then finally, our other cat hater. We've got the newbie, brand new to the group. We've got Edgar Page. Steven, tell us about Edgar, Edgar Page. Edgar Page, uh, academic, uh, on the older side, a little portly, very bookish. I am a researcher and most definitely a dog person. Okay. But where's uh, where's Cricket? Uh, he's actually within arm's reach, but he has to be in the crate because otherwise Let's he'll go. eat the entire room. Oh, here we go. Playing favorites. <laughs> Classic Steven. Classic Steven. Uh, all right, let's get a move on. So uh, let's see. Last time around, where did we start? So we started uh, after a little bit of a break in uh, in Paris as uh, we, were, we were kind of finishing up a little a few odds and ends. And that's where we were in the Balmoral Hotel inside the lobby uh, where um, 
we were met by Edgar Page, uh, a friend, self-proclaimed at least, of Dr. Julius Smith, who has been your, uh, who's been all of your friends one way or the other. Uh, he's apparently, Dr. Page here, or Professor Page, or whatever his proper titling is, uh, has been chasing you all for the better part of about two weeks. Uh, he's concerned uh, about the professor because there are all these news stories that popped up while he was out of out of London for the holidays. Uh, and uh, he decided to kind of sort of join the party. He told you a little bit about the Brothers of the Skin, uh, which was a uh, Turkish cult who threatened Smith's life uh, several years ago and uh, might have been responsible for the package that Pema received at the front desk, which was a warning carved in Turkish into a chunk of human skin, which is not the first time that Pema saw such an image as uh, back in London uh, in the British uh, Library and Museum. Uh with Reginald, you all discovered a body with a very similar warning message pinned to a flayed man. Uh, other things that happened, Joseph, in your hotel, you discovered a puppet uh, that uh, was dressed and painted in pretty much the exact same dress that you were in while you were trying to escape the various troubles at the Sonhua flea market. And even more strangely, the eyes, apparently, which were a little bit too large for a puppet, you discovered were real eyeballs that were uh, encased in glass and brine. Uh, and then uh, you all decided to get the hell out of there because uh, you had Edgar now in tow. You decided to get uh, get out of Paris thinking that maybe bad things were about to happen or whatever it might be. Uh, and you finally boarded the Orient Express. Gregory had purchased you all tickets. It was a very celebratory affair when it first when you first got there because there was a renowned opera singer by the name of Katerina Cavallaro uh, who was boarding as well. Uh, and as a celebrity, there was a, a great deal of fanfare. Uh, there was a, she has been, just got off of like a, a, a recent run of performances at the Paris Opera House and she and her entourage basically took over the salon car, invited a bunch of passengers, including you all to both drink with them. Uh, some of you accepted that, but Pema and Gregory, you declined. You started to explore the train looking for any signs, perhaps that you might've been being followed by these brothers of the skin or these puppet eyeball people, whatever they might be. Uh, you also re reluctantly helped an elderly woman track down her dog uh, named Fufu, but uh, you learned that it's possible the dog might have leapt to its death uh, as there was an open window. Uh, in the train happens. Yep. I mean, after meeting the woman, you can kind of understand. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Edgar, Joseph, Killian, you all did join Katerina Cavallera. She uh, regaled the salon car with stories of how she came to love opera. She also invited everyone there to join her in Milan, where she was going to perform in the next few days. Uh, she had a curious encounter with Killian. Uh, she playfully denied his flirtations, his advances. She's apparently spoken for already. She also sang for you all. I think she's sang a, a, a bit of what she's going to perform in Milan. Uh, and then as you all went back to your, your births, which were very beautiful and, and already without you even realizing had been prepared for your, for your night's rest, you fell asleep and were instantly awoken, but not in the train, but rather in a strange and foreign place. This golden mist that was surrounding you. There were cobblestone streets. There were voices that were calling, singling something about an incoming train. There were dozens and dozens of cats everywhere running past all of you. Pema and Edgar accidentally murdering two of them nearly. And that was when Killian had a long buried memory suddenly rise up. This was Ulthar, uh, the city of cats, and that you had somehow found yourselves in the dreamlands. So we are going to pick up 
immediately after that, I'm going to draw your attention uh, before we get into the, the RP to something in your character sheets. If you'll look in your character sheets over on uh, over on Foundry, you will notice that uh, under the leftmost column of skills that you now have two additional skills listed. Uh, one is dream lore. One is dreaming. Dream lore is pretty much what you think it might be. It's knowledge checks on the dreamlands, of which only Killian and Reginald actually have any. Uh, the rest of you having not been here before and don't have very high Cthulhu Mythos scores. Uh, but Killian, I gave you a decently high one relative to a lot of other NPCs and things. Mm -hmm. Dreaming, all of you have some skill on this, low skill, uh, and that will be used in various ways that I can't quite tell you just yet. Uh, but just to let you know, you now have two additional skills. So we pick up then. Uh, we are still in the cobblestone streets of Ulthor that we now know is the name. Uh, we look around. We can see that there is off in the distance. Uh, there is a not like a a river. Yeah, it's almost parallel or, or somewhat parallel running that running to the city. But there's a this mossy bridge that kind of goes over it and eventually leads to what looks like, for lack of a, a better term, it certainly looks like it's some kind of train platform. Uh, around you, you can see what looks to be a very old city. Uh, and you can see that there are people that have gathered, a couple people and a lot of cats that have gathered on that train platform uh, as a... Uh, as you hear this, like the distant sounds of something approaching. What are you all doing? We've been to this place before. You, if you had been here before, you could have warned me to step carefully. I'm, oh, I can't believe I just injured that one. Well, yes, they won't look kindly upon you for that. But I didn't realize it until one leapt into my arms. Yes, this is Ulthar, City of the Cats. They run this get. place. <laughs> Don't mind if I do, but not now. And Pardon what me. are we doing here? We are dreaming. Is this a normal thing, where people all have the same dream? No, it's not normal, but have you ever... Studied lucid dreaming, never heard of it. Heard of it, haven't studied. Yes, I prefer uh, the hard sciences. Oh, it is a hard science, can be very hard. But in order to practice lucid dreaming while you're waking, just simply look at your hands. Whenever an odd moment strikes you, you hear something funny. Look at your hands. If you do that in the dream, then you'll realize you're dreaming. You'll be a bit better able to control it. So long as it's only your dream. The other thing you guys notice as Killian is kind of giving you this little tutorial and you're looking at yourselves and you're looking at your hands and your belongings is you, I mean, any one of you who carries guns, Grigori, you reach, you feel a strap on your shoulder as, as you might with a rifle and you reach back and you realize it is not a rifle. Uh, that is across your back, but rather a very heavy-looking crossbow. Anybody else who carries guns, uh, you would notice this as well. Uh, some of you 
if you were the type of person to carry a weapon or a cane even, uh, you, you might find yourselves with a sword on your, your sides uh, or a whip or some other similar-like weapon. Uh, but any gunpowder weapons that you recall carrying aboard the Orient Express, whether on your person or in your luggage, you do not have. You have some sort of non-gunpowder version of it. So my cane would be a sword then? I would say that your I would say your cane if you wanted it as a sword cane, I feel like that would probably be a reasonable thing to have. Yeah, I'd still think that would be okay. Mr. Kozel, you seem to not be equipped as you normally are. Got a crossbow. Uh it's exciting. I mean, I've used them before. Have you have you dreamed of using a crossbow? No, I don't think so. Oh, this is interesting. So we are we are dreaming, but we are been removed of certain firearms or any firearms. It would appear. Edgar would pull up his cane and look at it, and then just give it a click, and then the, draw the blade a little bit. Look at the rest of the group. Resheath it. My sword appears to remain exactly the same. Checking my person. Is there a quarrel of crossbow bolts on me? Yes, you do in fact have uh, have have enough ammo. Yes, that is not an issue. So, uh, Mr. Bengar, given that you've been here before, uh, what do you know what that might be going on at the platform over there? Do I have any idea? Roll a dream lore test. Let's okay. see how much you do, in fact, remember. Look how excited Jeff got. I was. I was very excited. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> I'm excited. No, it was too. adorable, Jeff. No. Aw. I was excited for someone to use the, you know, whatever. That's fine. Uh, you can spend luck if you like, but I will tell you that is not the most important thing. Like, you're going to find, you can probably look no. over there. Uh, Killian, as you look over, we'll say. You don't necessarily know from memory exactly what that is, but as you're peering, you do see that there is a fairly prosaic, but um, well-lettered, beautiful-looking sign that reads Ulthar Station. Now, curiously, you don't actually see any, any train tracks anywhere. Instead, it's just this long green grass that's like heavy with dew. And you can see also that there's all these strange round imprints uh, that. But at the same time, this platform looks very much like your, like the very train platform that you all boarded the Orient Express on, uh, at least in terms of function and form. Uh, from a distance, you're not on it, but from a distance, you can see that there are, again, a couple people and several cats uh, that are clearly separated. Uh, but they do seem to be waiting. And every now and then you hear someone kind of call out that the train is approaching. And they're like, they're counting down. It's a ride. I don't, I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've been here. But as you can see, they've separated. They're waiting on the train. They're soon to arrive. So if we wish to board this train, then we should go get in line, I, I would think. It sounds like a good idea to me. When in Rome and all that stuff. 
When in Ulthar, don't step on cats. It's, well, I mean, that's just life in general. Just for doing his best to copy Killian and see if a cat would jump up in his arms too. If they probably yeah. won't. Well, this, you see, the thing is, you have to wait until they make eye contact with you and then slowly close your eyes. So, okay. I will say that none will jump into your hands, Joseph. And while one will certainly give great affection towards Killian, I don't think it's going to go as so far as to jump into your arms, but it will give, it will show you affection. It will like curl around your legs and, you know, definitely demonstrate that you are, you are friendly. It can kind of sense that you are friendly to them. Uh, Joseph, I will say, you know what? You can roll if you would like. Roll it just a, Roll a charisma, maybe. It's a charisma. Is that Not pal, charisma, basically? Um, appearance, I mean. You can grow like appearance. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is Mr. Tidwell. Nope. <laughs> they don't like that fish face. You figured you, uh, they would. Yeah, not in the way. Oh, that you no. Think. Or maybe they like it too much. 97. Few of them start, you few see of them a lot start of teeth. gnawing on you. Like you see, they bare their teeth briefly, they start <laughs> gnawing a bit. Uh, at your ankles, nipping away before staring up at you and realizing you're probably a little too big and then walking away suddenly with a great, great sense of just disinterest all of a sudden. They just tossed you away, no longer interested. I tried closing my eyes. They kept biting me. Now they're leaving. I think I did it wrong. Is there anything in addition to the platform here of interest? So you are on the edge of town. There's a very large town, uh, Ulthar itself. Uh, it seems like it's late evening time. Uh, so it's not like you can tell that the the gold, the reason the mist was kind of golden is because there was evening sun that was kind of going through it and imbuing it. Uh, but yeah, there is a town that extends off in the distance. Uh, but nearby, no, there's really, like since you're on the edge of town, uh, you can see that there is a what appears to be some kind of road that, it continues to extend uh, out of town, somewhat parallel to the train, uh, to the train. I wouldn't say tracks, because like I said, there's no tracks, but what would be tracks? Did I show you all the map, by the way? I think I brought it on the map, yeah. Yeah, we are. We are. Mr. Bengura, if you've been here before, how did you leave? I woke up. How do we do that? You wake up from any dream. Some think it's pinching yourself or suffering some pain to startle you, but I've done that in several of my dreams. Of course, it was fun at the time, but... You know. Sometimes you can be trapped in a dream, I guess. I figure we just go along with it. I guess well, I suppose for science, and I will uh, partially unsheathe my sword, uh, and I'll just grip it tight with my hand and just pull up a little bit to cut myself. Okay, uh, you can go ahead and take a point of damage uh, as you cut yourself. And just like anything else, you, uh, you see a little speck of blood begin to uh, to blossom from where you cut yourself. I will then take my 
handkerchief and start wrapping it around my hand? I suppose not. Well, we'll have to find another way. I would say that we we see what this train is about. Maybe the people Agreed. can can tell us more. Well, you've been here before. Lead the way. Very well. So, I'll start uh, walking towards the um, okay. group of people. So, uh, you lead the group over to the platform. Uh, there are a handful of steps uh, which you climb. There's essentially two sides to the platform. On the left, you can see all of the cats, uh, and there are several. Uh, there are tabbies, white cats. There are some uh, some Siamese, some Abyssinians. There's like a a soot black mother and kitten uh, who kind of eyes you a bit curiously. Uh, there are there's one or two uh, that uh, are currently licking wounds, especially one. You can tell that as you all one by one climb onto the platform, there is a certain amount of. Uh, baleful glares that are cast into the direction of Pema and Edgar and even when Pema strides atop the platform hissing and baring of teeth and anger uh, you also notice that there is this uh, like a series of brass poles and this red rope that's tied here to separate cat side from human side um, you notice that there is kind of this blue and red carpet that's that's very embroidered with gold uh, that goes right from what appears to be a station entrance to the to the edge of the platform, and you can see that there's there's writing on the carpet. It reads the Dreamlands Express, uh, a very flamboyant kind of Art Deco lettering. Uh, you do notice that there are three other people on this platform that are non you know non cats. Uh, there's a sort of a genial looking gray haired man. He's got very thick noticeable whiskers. Uh, fairly stout of body, uh, with a with a fairly big head. He looks like he's wearing uh, like a traveling cloak and maybe some Scottish tweed. Uh, you can see there's another man who, uh, strangely enough, kind of bears a, a like a strange resemblance to the way in which Grigori sometimes dresses. You can see he's got a lot of fur trimmed robes. He's got this black goatee. He's got rings covered with fig you know, with like with with fingers. Excuse me, fingers covered with rings. That's the way to phrase that. And there is a woman uh, as well, stiff, uh, Elizabethan dress, kind of the starched ruff and a wide skirt. Looks completely out of place for 1923. Her face is very severe and very gaunt, uh, and she seems to be clutching this small heart-shaped valise. Uh, as you're kind of standing around and observing them, you can... You hear this regular thump, uh, and it was kind of happening when you were away, but now that you're up here, it's more pronounced. It's here, it's you know easier to hear, and it's not just hearing, but you're feeling it. Thump, thump, and you can see these multiple funnels of steam just suddenly jet out over the station in all directions. And as you all are watching this, for lack of a better word, monstrosity emerges from this mist. It's a bloated bulbous mass it's part octopus part centipede part spider and it's unmistakably gelatinous 
and it's made out of what looks like separate wriggling ropes all squashed together. And you can see these golden eyes roll with its bulk and these multiple maws on its side open and shut. No one on the platform seems particularly bothered by it. And while all of you, I would imagine to one degree or another, are a little taken aback by it, there's no real sense of fear coursing through you at the sight of it for reasons unknown. Uh, you can see that it's stomping along on what appears to be dozens of stumpy limbs that fold in and out of its body. Uh, it, it honestly looks like something from like the deepest parts of the ocean. There's like tentacles that are writhing freely all around in its front and flanks. And then behind it, as it continues to move forward, much the way an engine car might move forward with a train, you see behind it, there is another beast. Its tentacles are entwined with, a, with the one in front and behind that, a third and behind that, a fourth. An entire train of beasts uh, that just suddenly emerges and kind of shreds through the mists in their massive form. Uh, at a certain point, the lead beast, again, not unlike a train, moves past you, comes to a halt at the end of the platform, gives this very heavy sigh, and then from its multiple tentacles, you see dozens of streams of this eldritch smog suddenly snort out into the sky and then all around you. Atop all of these beasts, you would notice that there are these airy ivory pavilions, gorgeous, beautiful, decadent. You can see through windows as they kind of start to settle down a bit to your height as their limbs fold. There's like banqueting halls, there's bathhouses, bath you can see there's what looks like very richly furnished compartments uh, through a bunch of, uh, bunch of archways. How would you all be reacting to this? So Pema is going to go kind of rushing over to the woman that was standing there. And she's just going to sort of tap gently on her shoulder and just say, ah, I'm so sorry to disturb you. Is this what you were expecting to see? Is this rain that everyone's waiting for she looks at you uh again she's got kind of a, a um a very stern look on her face uh and she how how like yeah as she looks at you she kind of looks at your company and then she looks back to you and then she looks over at your company uh the whole time clutching that valise essentially to her uh to her heart and she says well, my girl, of course this is what I'm waiting for. What is it you and your men are waiting for? What did you expect? Well, I, I've never been here before, so I had no expectation of what was supposed to come. Is, is this not your first time in this place? No, it is not. Is it yours? Yes, it is, in fact. Do you always travel in such disagreeable company? And she, you can tell, like, she's just like every one of them, Joseph, Gregory, Edgar, Killing, just sort of eyeing them down. And the rest of you, you probably feel it. Like, like this, this sense of dis disapproval just sternly coming from this woman's face. I'm going to try and pay attention during their interaction to see if I can suss out why. Well, I... I travel with whomever I need to travel with, and these are the companions that I need to travel with at this time. And if you guys know them, they're they're just fine. 
No, thank you. Men, I have known my share. They all only want one thing, and I am not one to give it to them. Nor should you. Be careful around them. They're brutish, awful oafs, and they only do awful things to you is what they will. I do believe that is a fairly uh, short-sighted view. Uh, Not that it's any of your business, but none of them have any such interest in me or I in them. You are the one who came and spoke with me. Do not take such a tone. Well, I asked. I merely asked if this was the train as was expected. And I gave you your answer. With a dash of judgment added in for good measure, I can see. Judgment born from... A lifetime's experience, I can guarantee you. Yes, I I do believe you probably have much that you could teach me about things. Oh, how very well spoken you are. Educated, are you? Yes, indeed. Well... Do you have any other questions for me, or can I get aboard the train? Well, where might you be going on this train? Where am I going? I'm going for all of it's going. Going to the Gulf of Nodens, of course. Oh, is that a a recommended place, or is that the one place this train goes? If you wish to speak with me, I can tell you all about it, but I'd very much like to get on board. I have been standing around for a very long time, and I'm an old woman. That was not yeah, I could see that. entirely the time to have these conversations. We'll have plenty of time on travels if you wish to speak with me on board. Alone, yes. not with these. Ugh. Excuse me, madam. Do you want any assistance? I absolutely want no assistance from you. Away with you. Very well. I'll give a slight bow of decadence and step back. Yeah. Look at this one, maneuvering already. You see, he's trying to manipulate me with his kindness and his swaying of hips and his fluttering of eyelids. He's trying to seduce me, is what he is. He's a very... Would there be anything wrong with that if you were? Very much so. Hmm. And she'll just sort of, like, without much ceremony, just step away a little bit and just say, the train's going to the golf. Should we... As well? This? I'm quite skilled at golf. Yes. We may have overstayed a welcome here. You... Were you trying to seduce that woman? If it failed for you, I can certainly try. I've got a way. I was not. Oh, no. No. I'm terribly sorry. Do we... Do we ride on top of this creature? Do we actually... Go... Into one of the maws? Who are you speaking just... with? Who are you, who are you, who are you asking? Killian. Okay. Uh, Killian um, hasn't... We, 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 he, he made his role. He has never boarded nor seen the Dreamlands Express before. Joseph, well, Joseph just assumes he knows. Yeah. I would say that we go inside, as it seems to be that that's what uh, this lovely woman is wants to do. Wouldn't it be my suggestion? Just watch what everyone else does and do the same. While we're watching, I would like to look a little bit more at the platform we're on. Mm-hmm. Like you said that there is a divider for the humans and the cats. Are there Indeed. signs for that or does it just seem to be like that's how they split up 
everyone just kind of seemed to know what is what it seems like. Uh, there weren't any specifics. Actually, no, I'm sorry. Down below, there was a sign going up the stairs. Like there was a separate staircase that does actually say cats only. It appears as if there's a sort of class system here. Oh, yes, we are in their city. I know that much. You, uh, you hear a cleared throat and you're like, yeah, don't be too upset about it, friends. It's perfectly fine. Uh, it's uh, very lovely inside for all people who want to board. And you can see that uh, this kind of stout, kind of st- shorter man with big old whisper- whiskers, kind of like these big old mutton chops, uh, kind of stands in front of you as like you're kind of waiting. A little bit older, you can tell he's probably pushing, you know, maybe his 70s or so. You're not entirely sure. Uh, but he's uh, kind of got a little bit of a sunburned face here and there, dressed very, very nightly, nicely. And he's like, fantastic. Ask into your question there, Mr. Um, he looks up at Tidwell. Um, Tidwell, Joseph Tidwell. Pleasure to meet uh, you. Pleasure to meet you too. You can call me Mac. Uh, perfectly, perfectly fine. Uh, we we go inside the, the pavilions there, and uh, they're very beautiful indeed. Uh, very Pretty much every want, desire you might ever have, you can find inside. The, uh, Mr. Peters, he should be along here any moment. I'm sure if this is your first time, he'll be delighted to provide you with more information. Oh, yes, there he is right there. And he points up, and you can see uh, from one of these pavilions, this, uh, this staircase, beautiful staircase, kind of unfurls. And you, uh, or ladder, I should say, and you watch a man... You begin to kind of rattle down it, uh, and he starts kind of assisting folks. He he, that the woman who Pema was speaking with, he kind of helps her on. Like they're kind of checking tickets. The other man who has this that kind of the heavy furs, uh, he goes on as well. And when you look at him, you realize he is stick thin. Uh, he's dressed in a blue and gold conductor's uniform, and he wears white gloves that seem to hide his hands. And then he has this white bird beak mask that conceals his face. He's got this long black hair that seems powdered and beset by ribbons. And it's topped with this matching blue gold hat. Uh, I think I, I might have a picture for you all for this one. If you would like to see. Absolutely. All right. And so as you're watching him clamber down, uh, I would imagine to some degree all of you might be uh, a little bit taken aback or confused at the sight of a man. But despite that, nobody else seems bothered by it. Mac uh, is very friendly. Uh, Pleasure to see you again, Mr. Peters. And kind of flashes him this ticket and is just let aboard. Uh, same thing with everyone else. That You can see the cats are getting, uh, are getting aboard without any issue. And then this man in this beat kind of turns in your direction. He's like, welcome aboard the Dreamlands Express to the land of hope that lies beyond the city of gold. Here's your free ticket. And he hands over, he takes kind of a a turn kind of going around to each one of you, giving you a ticket. I'm going to share with you because I actually have uh, the Mm. proper ticket if you would like to see it. Uh, Yeah. And it says... Uh, on one side, 
Admit one passenger, first class ticket, Dreamlands Express, the ultimate in luxury travel from Ulthar to the Gulf of Nodens, departing January 1923, issued by Conductor Henri Peters. Uh, and uh, there's a series of, of terms and conditions of which he kind of goes over at this point. Um, he's he sort of helps you through it. And he's, In the awakened world, I was Henri Peters, a conductor on the Orient Express. I have created my Dreamlands Express for all those who ride the Orient Express. At the end of the journey, in the Gulf of Nodens, you can unburden yourself of your fears. There is only one journey granted to each soul. That you must understand. If you are to, if you are ready to ride, then welcome aboard. And he kind of shows you like the back of it, where like human dreamers, your cells, uh, you can travel the Dreamlands Express for free. Uh, you must board while asleep on the Orient Express. Once you have slept on the Orient Express, you may return to the Dreamlands basically at any time from the bed, uh, any bed in the waking world. And once you've boarded the Dreamlands Express, you can return to the same Express, the same, you know, even even if days, weeks, or months pass. Like, there's this whole, like, terms of service uh, that you kind of go through on the back. Uh, this is your first time, if you wish to board i can give you a proper tour show you to your compartments and, and other interesting areas on the train if you would like and answer so any questions you might have of I, course well, <clears throat> thank you so much for your kindness i have a small question about a part uh something about uh forgive me uh human dreamers or once human dreamers whose waking self is now dead please forgive me i'm slightly troubled by that line Ah, uh, yes, yes, of course. Ah, uh, well, uh, that is uh, a, a very good question, Mr... Tidwell, Joseph Tidwell. Mr. Tidwell, you may call me Henri, or you may call me Mr. Peters, but I assure you Henri shall be sufficient. Yes, yes, uh, the, uh, this area, the Dreamlands, is an exquisite and extraordinary land, and... Often those who have traveled uh, within it have the capacity, should their waking world cells perish, to be reborn here. Myself, particularly, is a perfect example of this. I lament to inform you that um, my time aboard the Orient Express uh, in the waking world has come to an end. Um, rather um, tragically, uh, the specifics of which I would... Um, prefer not to relive. Uh, however, but here I am able to, well, I am able to continue my devotion to service uh, and ensuring that uh, passengers get the greatest experience they could possibly have. Even greater than the grandiose Orient Express itself. That is absolutely commendable. I applaud you for your sense of duty and service. I confess I'm still nervous. Am, am I dead? Oh, no, sir. Do you have a memory of dying? I don't. Well, then you are fine, for I do. I died in the fire. Uh, and, it, uh... and you can see as he says that, he kind of 
almost instinctively kind of reaches to his face and he kind of reaches to his hands, like the very things that are covered with that bird-like mask mm -hmm. and the gloves that he's wearing. And you can see he's just kind of instinctively doing it. So I can ensure you, if you have not a uh, memory of this, you are, you are most certainly alive. I guarantee it. Sorry for the of, fool's question. Well, of course, it is possible you died uh, unexpectedly. So I suppose it is possible, but unlikely you would know. Mr. Peters. Uh, yes, Mr. Edgar Page. Edgar, Mr. Page. Nice to, it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. On the knee shall be sufficient. Did I understand you correctly that you said you've created the Dreamlands Express? Yes, I did. How did you manage... And I look over at these monstrous train cars. Such a feat. Oh, well, I did not create those creatures that you are perusing right now. I assure you, they are harnessed. They will not harm you at all. In fact, they will make your stay aboard the train far more pleasant. They uh, attend to your needs when I or one of my uh, one of my employees is unable to do it. Um, and they are very, very kind on the travel. Uh, if you are familiar with the Express, uh, there is a certain uh, bumpiness to the travel that is not apparent in the, the Dreamlands Express. They move with grace and efficiency. And would you know, by happenstance, if it's possible for us to return to the Orient Express? Of course, of course, yes, indeed, you can. Yes. And how would we manage that? Oh, uh, well, once upon the dreamlands, if you care to, you can uh, go uh, rest here and you will awake once more on the Orient Express. There'll be very, uh, partly uh, morning time. Uh, I do not know what time you uh, went to bed, but uh, you awake and. I am sure you will be fine. You will definitely not be dead, as Mr. Tidwell is concerned. And you can see that visibly reassures Edgar Page as well that they can leave when they want. Of course, you are you are not a prisoner here. We are here to make your 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 stay, your travel here oh, very enjoyable. Dare I say you might find the luxury that the Dreamlands Express offers to well, but to shame, the Orient Express. I, I must ask out of curiosity, I've been reading the fine print on, on this ticket. Indeed. Uh, and it, I was speaking to the uh, lovely woman. Ah, Madame know. Bruja. Yes, yes, indeed. She indicated that she was going to the Gulf. Yes. But it sounds as if we would likely not want to go all the way to the Gulf. Well, this is a very curious question. You are getting ahead of ourselves, but if you were to discuss it now before boarding, I am, of course, uh, capable of providing you that information. We have uh, many stops along our travel. Uh, our next uh, stop will be uh, in the uh, the town, the city of Dilath, uh, Di excuse me, of Dilathleen. After that, we will uh, travel along the route, uh, taking us to Zar and Afarat and Thalarion. Uh, it will be a few days before we arrive at the Gulf of Nutins. And there are many passengers who will come and go before then. 
Uh, some will come on here in Uthra and leave in Dyleth, and others come aboard on Dyleth and leave in Zar, and that is the way of the train. However, there are passengers who wish to um, free themselves of a particular fear. Well, there is a process, uh, a ritual, you might say, for that, that involves the Gulf of Nodens. It means you would have to create what, uh, for lack of a better term, we call a dream artifact. If this is of interest to you, I can, uh, I can instruct you on the specifics of this when we show you your compartment. Um, but the part of the process is you, you toss it into the gulf, and you are then free for the rest of your life, both in waking and dreaming world, of that particular fear. However, you may never take that that path again, as life will not allow you, this train, to uh, cast a second fear into the gulf. Choose wisely, it sounds like. Indeed it does, yes. And it, the artifact can... is not difficult to craft, and it'll be different for everyone, and it'll be representative of your fear. This sounds quite a useful thing to do, but not a decision to take lightly. I, I, if I could ask a, a question, you mentioned that it would take several days to get as far as Talarian. Is, is there a you dream for several days, but it's only one night type of yes. conversion that happens here? That is an excellent question, Miss... Nandak. Nandak, yes, Miss Nandak. Excellent question. Time within the dreamlands works uh, differently than in the waking world. It is both compressed and it is um, less linear, shall we say. You will find that uh, you might be awake in the waking world for several days, weeks perhaps, and you return here and minutes or perhaps just hours have passed. You will find that uh, the train that you have been traveling on, uh, the passengers like Madame Bruja that you have uh, experienced, will be here as well. Uh, it is a, a very hard thing to explain, and not one that I have a sufficient answer for how or why it works this way, only that it does. You will often uh, find people, not just from your own time in the waking world, but from other times as well. And then, of course, there are the beings, the beings of Yib, of Sana, of Yes. Not of Earth at all. Well, or of Earth, but... Uh, a very long time from now. It is all very complicated. But rest assured, you shall not lose any time in the waking world. So when we reach the Renin, we can choose to disembark. Of course, you can choose to disembark at any point. You can choose uh, not to not to uh, not to board if that is your your preference as well. Oh no, I should like to board. We How much time do we have, have before boarding? Uh, we do need to get on uh, very much. We are due. We have a schedule to keep. Uh, we are we are due well, uh, well within the next few hours within uh, Dilathleen. Uh, our current schedule have us arriving uh, shortly past midnight, uh, between nearing two a.m. Uh, so, I would rather not uh, miss that timing. 
Um, I have spent not just a great deal of my efforts uh, constructing the very train you see here before you in teaching these beasts uh, how to perform, but also negotiating with the the uh, the leadership of these various cities to allow the train to pass through. If I were to demonstrate inefficiency, some of the contracts might then be, well, renegotiated. And I'm afraid that my time might be off. Could you tell me what time it is? And I go oh. to reset my wristwatch. Uh, so it arrived, I think it's like 6, 6 p.m. I can get a double check on that for you in a second, but I'm pretty sure it's 6 p.m. Okay. Uh, not too concerned about the actual number. I just want to try to set my wristwatch to be accurate and see if it stays accurate. Sure. I do thank you for taking the time to explain the situation that we found ourselves in. I, I do understand uh, timetables and trains are very important to keep accurate. Yes, uh, we will. Uh, and it is 6 p.m. We will depart at 6 p.m. Uh, we will be leaving very shortly. I will sit, as I said, I would be happy to uh, show you to your quarters, your compartment. Uh, we will arrive in Dilatlin at approximately, as close to possible, midnight, departing by 2 a.m. And onward we travel through the morning hours to Tsar, where we will arrive uh, roughly 11 a.m. Well, are we agreed that we are boarding, or would we wish to stay in Ulthar? I mean, when we're here, we might as well see the sights. I do not want to enter any of the residents here. What? Mm. Uh, I was saying, I suppose we could explore Ulthar, but uh, this train is leaving. So it will be some time the before the train is returned. Several days, in fact, before we loop around. So if you do have interest in joining us, then uh, now would be the time to go. I admit that my reservations are concerns for my friend, Professor Smith. I do not wish to tarry in our task for him, but with time being strangely fluid... I do not see why we could not travel to the next town. This will make the best of it while we're here. Besides, if we make it far enough, Gregory, you may never fear running out of vodka again. Running out of what? Vodka. Oh, yes. It's a terrible thing. Well, anyway, cast that fear. Okay. I'll get uh, on to so yeah, you all start to, to climb aboard. Uh, you can see that you are the last to board at this point. Uh, and he kind of starts showing you around a bit. Um, you board kind of between the the engine and tender and like some of the, the baggage area and everything. And he kind of points in the direction, you know, just kind of showing you an engine and tender. There is no particularly reason why any of you would be there, but that is its direction, the baggage over here, and kind of pushes you past. And, and he kind of like wanders and starts shifting around the train a bit here and there. And you're getting very, very similar vibes to the Orient Express. Like you're seeing the same very beautiful, very decadent displays. Uh, you're seeing the same kind of internal lighting, ivory, you know, filigree and inlays and stuff. Like everything's just ridiculously ornate 
uh, but everything's just a bit wider and more comfortable and just a touch more elegant and a touch more um, extravagant in many in any particular ways. Uh, a bit he, more dreamy? No. <laughs> um, and so as he, as you kind of, you kind of get on or like there's you get on on like the tender and then there's the baggage and it kind of leads you and you, you notice that each one of these these beasts usually takes up something so like there's the tender and the engine which is up which is like the two uh frontmost beasts and then he starts moving you through this this baggage area uh where he kind of points out like if any of you were carrying any baggage which none of you actually are you just have you know what's on your person and if you actually have any specific baggage um, but he, he doesn't actually take you inside, uh, but he lets you know like where it is. Um, he's like, it holds luggage, uh, kitchen supplies, trade goods. Uh, and you can see he kind of hesitates for a second in, um, luggage left behind by dreamers, uh, abandoning their dreams. Uh, it is there stored here. No hopes, perhaps that they will return one day to fetch it. Uh, and you can see at a certain point, like one that that man that was uh, that was outside waiting, the one that you didn't speak to, that had the furs on. You can see he's kind of waiting as this tentacle reaches up and through and around and wraps around the handles of a very large trunk that he seems to be paying attention to. And you watch as the tentacle just seems to pull it inside of the baggage car that. You know, that you don't quite go in. You just see it just sort of smooth along. And then he just waits and waits and waits until you can no longer see it. Presumably it's inside. And he kind of nods and kind of goes about his way. He's fascinating. Oh, yes, they are very, very docile creatures. And they take extraordinarily well to training. Um, they are very peaceful. Uh, but they will intervene should any violence transpire uh so not that that would happen of course on here there's nothing to fear uh but they are very uh, capable uh, and so they, they would go from undulating to roiling then i believe there must be a joke in there somewhere but perhaps i am not hearing it properly no i'm just wishing to clarify oh ah i do not know what you mean however uh, please do not uh, harass them in any particular way. They are very busy with other things. Uh, also, I, I would, uh, unless you have particular reasons to be there, the baggage van is not necessarily a place where you would want to explore too frequently. The padded compartment. Oh, yes. Um, this is not, again, a place that you would probably want to explore. I have heard uh, that we will be taking aboard some beings from Ip uh, who will be assigned to this place. It, uh, and you can see, like, it's unlike the baggage car. It's, like, windowless. It's kind of closed off and everything. Yeah, we keep it very closed to avoid any misunderstandings with the beings, if you understand. They throw very curious parties, uh, I must say, into very late hours in the evening. Mm. Anyhow, uh... Do they let outsiders? Oh, and you... I... Hmm, I have, you have not, go ahead and roll a dream lore, Killian, to see if you know anything about the beings of Ib. Uh, 
If you want a couple extra uh, tens, we've got some audience donations. If you want to bump that a little bit. Yeah, I'll do it. Uh, right. how, how many by one? By uh, 10%. I forget how, 10%. 10%. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nope. Okay. He's been you, 33. Keep getting... <laughs> 33 luck if you want to know, but he'll tell you. Don't worry. Uh, mm. So they are. Understand that I appreciate all travelers and passengers on my train, but there are many like yourselves who might find them to be. Hmm. What is a delicate way? Revolting, I think. Ah. Mm. That was and the delicate way? Yes. Uh, they are a very curious uh, species. Amphibious with a very... Well, from what I have heard, there is some political strife between them and the Sarnathians. Um, is the revolting um, part when they're partying or all the time? I am afraid all of the time. Mm. Yes. You... There have been many a traveler who have attempted to spend time with them that we have had to treat for sickness. Uh, and they oh, always well. make a very lengthy trip to the bathhouse whenever they spend time with them. You shall see. They will be boarding in Dilathleen, and you will, if you choose to, have a first-hand account of it. No, I think I'm all right. My curiosity has been sated merely by the description. Wonderful. Now, speaking of the bathhouse, you are, of course, uh, welcome to come here at the time. And he'll, like, kind of take you specifically through it. He'll kind of go through the whole thing with you as it's kind of the next one that's vaguely connected to this baggage. And as you're moving around, it's like it's a communal bath. It's scented. You can see heated water, towels all over the place that are beautifully embroidered. Um, and he's like, now, Dreamlands folk bathe nudes, uh, regardless of sex, but there are places within here for those who are more prudish, of course. Uh, if there is anyone who prefers privacy, we can arrange that as well. Uh, so whenever the beings of uh, bathe, do not worry. Uh, it is separate. We have a, uh, we have a partition. Um, but you can see that there's like, at one point, as you're going around, there's what looks like all these different alcoves. You can see these baths like made of ivory. You can see these like uh, what looks like these gold and diamond fixtures that are in the shape of swans. There's like this ridiculous array of soaps and scents and powders. You can see there's like taps, almost like bar taps that are labeled water, wine, and ass's milk. Uh, and then you can see that there is a, an alcove that contains what looks like a very stout uh, back scrub uh, and something that looks very suspiciously like a rubber ducky, but with a very enigmatic smile on its face. Uh, if any of you uh, in your travels to Earth would like to freshen up before our banquet, you are welcome to do so, of course. Did you say a rubber ducky? Uh, yes, I did. Well, when an author, right? I'm sorry, did you say banquet? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, after the uh, my tour, uh, and I will uh, give you some materials if you wish to create your dream artifact, uh, we will be having a banquet. 
the first being quint of several, there will be three. Uh, this is the first between uh, taking off from Uther before we release Dilathleen, and then all the others uh, in future, uh, future legs of our journey. You all will attend, of course. Uh, when you hear the gong, it will be time to go to the banquet hall. And how much time did you say we had? Oh, uh, it will not be ready until I am there to assure that the final preparations, uh, but shortly after I leave you, within oh, the hour, uh, we would have it. Now is enough time to enjoy a drink, take a bath? Oh, of course, if With you time would like to spare. To Indeed, if you would prefer, there's also the saloon. Uh, the saloon, and he's like, and he kind of continues to lead you through the car. There's the saloon car, and he kind of points down. You can see like there's these hookah stands, like these stagweed hookah stands that are ready. You can see there's dozens of bottles of like all sorts of booze, one after the other. You also see there's a bunch of food in here, like these huge haunches of like venison, big old ribs of beef, almost like cartoonish in their appearance. You can see like these massive mouth-watering loaves of brown bread and like these different flavored butters and honestly a wall that looks like it has just about every single condiment imaginable and probably some that you've never imagined in your lifetime um and you can see like right now there's uh that that fellow mac that you met he's like right there kind of taking a little smoke like, kind of gives you all like a little bit of a salute as you pass through yes and again all of this is free uh, for you to roam, uh, the bathhouse, the, uh, the salon, uh, there is also the parlor, if you prefer something, uh, less, um, grandiose, something quieter, teas, uh, pastries, that sort of thing. Um, if you would go, if you would like to read, uh, for your time, that is a perfect place. There are many uh, many jam cakes and uh, sandwiches at all hours if you are a late night snacker early riser whatever you prefer i do not wish to drink spirits i do not like to dull my senses what would you suggest well uh, we have uh, a number of juices that are both uh, tasty but also uh, replenishing of the uh, uh, of what the body needs. Uh, we have many teas as well uh, that uh, from a variety of places across all of the dreamlands. Um, we have a, I will show you a very wide display of wines in the banquet hall as well. I hope you at least engage in one glass, yes? I'll look around at the rest of the group. Would anyone care to join me for dinner? <laughs> I would love to have a spot to eat, but uh, you don't mind if other people drink while we eat, is that? No, no, of course not. Do not fill up too fully. The banquets will be having a very robust menu. We are quite proud of it. Ah, yes, okay. Well, then, appetizers only. Of course. Uh, so, you mentioned something about reading. Yes, yeah, the, obviously you can read wherever you see fit, but the, uh, the parlor uh, is the, perhaps the, uh, the most comfortable, the quietest. Uh, this saloon, well, right now there is only a few travelers, but when there are more, it can be very rowdy. The Sarnathians especially, they very much like to have a good time. Yes. Would they the... sound like my kind of people, except for the whole getting sick part. I'm sorry, Edgar. Okay. No, 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 apologies. 
That is the being. Would, do not get confused. The beings from Eden are the ones who you might become repulsed by. The Sarnathians mm. are, well, very much like yourself. Charismatic, huh. suave, attractive. I am sure you will get along famously. Hmm. I look forward to it. Indeed. Would there be a chance that the train is stocked with its own library? No. Oh, of course, whatever it is you need. And I look towards Killian. Perhaps a drink in the parlor, then? Yes. I'm certainly much more interested in the library as well. Would uh, well, you get to see your compartments where you'll be sleeping? Yes, of course. Yes, Mr. Kozer, I believe it was. Uh, so he, he kind of leads you to... He kind of pokes over a couple different places. Like He points to the, to the cat compartment which is like specifically for cats. Um, and you can see as you kind of peek around, he doesn't let you too near. There's more of those baleful glares coming in the direction of Pema. And there also seems to be a cat receiving some sort of medical attention as one of the tentacles is kind of coming through and almost doing this surprisingly intricate surgery. Uh, and eventually like you come to your specific compartment, which he explains he's it's a series of sleeping compartments with the walls taken down to create this very lofty hall. You can see that there's like all manner of these like luxurious uh, uh, divans and these furs and like these rich robes that have been kind of laid out all over the place. There's honestly, there's like porcelain chamber pots and everything as as decadent as any vase you might have seen inside of a museum before got trellised windows everything ivory crimson uh, these beautiful crimson curtains sandalwood trunks at the end of each one of these places for your sleeping you can see these like there's robes and jeweled turbans for you to wear if you care to uh, all of this is in here for your enjoyment Uh, I don't know about the rest of you, but I do believe a bath before dinner would be quite delightful. I mean, we've only got an hour, right? Uh, approximately, yes. Yes, one hour. Um, I I also have a gift for you. And he kind of, uh, you realize that at one point when you were looking, like you had sort of were, were looking at some of the, the, the beds around here, and then he kind of spoke, like there was a couple of things laid out, like clothes-wise. And he spoke and you all looked and turned at him as he spoke. But then when you turn back around, you realize there's something else on there now that you don't remember quite seeing exactly how they got on there. Uh, but what they are is, is essentially like these, these green, um, these very, uh, I would say almost like silk green bags here and there um, where you count them and there's how many are there of you five there's five of them kind of like spread out um and he says that he picks them up kind of hands them out to each one of you uh and he says and for any of you who wish to partake in the gulf of nodin's ritual if you would like to uh think about carefully what your dream artifact is um i have provided you with these uh, these bags that you could uh, store them within safely so that uh, you know not to uh, to lose track of them. Uh, if you are curious for how to do this, um, you focus your mind. Think about what it is that 
makes you afraid. Not, uh, not casually afraid, but uh, very afraid, deeply, primordially afraid, that which will drive you. And that is what we use the Gulf of Nodens for. So, think very carefully. So, mechanically speaking, what you'd be doing is you'd be thinking of that and thinking about what that that fear might be shaped as, and then you roll a dreaming test and stuff as you're doing it to see whether you can get it done. Very cool. Okay. Nice. I think I've got an idea. Well, I have taken up enough of your time. I shall let you explore the train. Enjoy yourselves. If there is anything that you need that is not already here, just merely speak it out loud, and Henri will be there. Yes? Very well. Fantastic. Takes a bow and he starts. Oh, no. Merci. And he takes out and he leaves. Okay. You all have. What what would everybody like to do? Edgar would definitely like to try to be productive uh, and grab a non alcoholic drink and explore the library, seeing what books they have. Yeah, Killian was all about the bath but then about hearing about the library he um orders the last word and then joins edgar i want to point out you guys said library i said parlor and then if you want to with read a library books. yes i i meant the parlor with some books i didn't mean a full library i'm sorry yeah i might grab myself a small snack but <clears throat> i'm actually rather curious about this whole manufacturing something and throwing it into the ocean if you all can point me in the direction of books that might help me focus on that. I actually Yes, I heard they had that. a full library in one of these cars. I believe you just head that direction and <laughs> You guys watching horror as a tentacle slips in through the window, wraps around Edgar Page, and just chucks him way off in the distance. <laughs> Warner Bros. cartoon style. He seemed like a nice man. What a shame. <laughs> well, I mean if you're all being productive. Then I will not. Uh, first things first, I take the green bag and I shove it in my pocket. Okay, fair enough. Time to get a drink. Okay. A uh, couple places you could go for that drink. It's up to you where that would be. You can go to the, sal- the saloon, uh, which is sort of the most obvious place. Uh, that's where you saw all of the different like ales and alcohols and all manner of bottles. Uh, stuff can be served in the parlor if you wish as well. It's a little quieter in there though. Um, you could always try to go to the banquet hall first early and see if you can also get served there as well. Well, I hate to say it. There's one drink that they mentioned that I'm just desperately curious to try. I knew it too. That's why I paused before I said it. It it was spoken. It had to be drank. I do Uh want to point out though, because it's going to be disappointing. It is actually not a drink. It is like a, uh, it is, is a, cause it, so I I looked this up. So apparently donkey milk, uh, which is another term for asses milk, uh, has been used as a cosmetic for uh, a very long time. And that's what that was. And so it's like <laughs> that tap was in the bathhouse, not the parlor. But it was right of, next to the water and the there wine. Was water, wine, and ass's milk. <laughs> you know, you're not wrong. Uh I like to think that Gregory is going to still try to drink it though. So. Yes. I absolutely am. Okay. All right. <laughs> so Gregory's gonna go to the bathhouse to try to get some ass milk. Uh what uh what are the rest of you gonna do? Oh, and Edgar Emma's going to the bathhouse. Okay, so Pema and Gregory are going to the bathhouse. Killian and Edgar are going to uh, 
to peruse the parlor. Uh, and then Joseph, what were you wanting to do? I think I'll join them in the parlor because Joseph is actually very interested in the whole green sack, like the whole like make something to throw your fear away. He sure. wants to study up on that and not screw it up. Okay. Uh, okay. So if you, so then you're going to go with them to that parlor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, well, let's go back to the bathhouse since we've already seen it. It'll be a little quicker. So, so Gregory and Pema, again, there are, as you go in here, it's just the two of you. There's no one else here currently. Uh, there are ways to make certain alcoves private if that's your preference. Uh, so there are like these curtains that you can draw here and there. Uh, so you're welcome to, to do whatever you like. Uh, Pema, if you're looking to, to get a, a bath, you realize that like the water seems to drain down to, to some sort of spout hole. And like it seems to like the beast or something like, like, like you are literally on somehow draining water into the beast somehow. It's very perplexing how it's actually working. Um, She's just dirt. yelling like over the wall, like Mr. Kozel, the plumbing here is quite interesting that it integrates with these beasts. It's, it's like a thin broth for these creatures. <laughs> oh, Oh, we stew. They partake. I see. I see. This is quite interesting. Let's see what else I see. Uh, oh, God. This so, ass's milk is quite salty. <laughs> <laughs> Roll a constitution <laughs> test. Some waiter comes out of nowhere. You're not supposed to drink that. <laughs> you don't tell me what to do. Boy, I passed you already uh, under 60 you keep it down it is surprisingly viscous uh <laughs> more than you would probably want it to be uh you kind of gotta chew it it's a <laughs> it's not unlike pudding to a certain degree this <laughs> kind of shake it down we see gregory underneath the tap just taking it directly from the tap <laughs> splurts I of pudding in their face <laughs> uh, chunks of it will fall onto your you know your skin and your beard and as you move it around you realize it actually kind of feels very nice on your skin makes it feel it's very cool here and there kind of opens the pores a bit yeah this makes a terrible drink but they could use this as a facial cream or something that would be worthwhile it uh, is it is in the bath mr kozel so perhaps that was the intent but it's next to the wine. Well, I yes, this is quite confusing. I I will I will give you that, but use it to whatever benefits you most, I suppose. I'm going to rinse it out with some wine. You hear a, uh, a clearing of the throat as there apparently is another person in here who just walks in. You'll know you're not supposed to drink the ass's milk. And you look back and there is that man that you saw out on the platform that you didn't speak to yet. Yes, with the furs. Uh, and you can see that he is he has taken the robes, or excuse me, the furs off, and instead he has very similar to what you guys saw inside of your uh, inside of your compartments. He has this very ornate and beautiful looking robe uh, with and he pulls this this towel, this embroidered towel off one of the racks. Yes, you are not supposed to drink the ass's milk. You're supposed to rub it on your skin. 
the wine you can choose to drink if you prefer, but there are some who actually bathe in it. It is quite nice. Be careful, however, if it is uh, too thick of a red, it is possible it could uh, change the pigment of your skin for Stay. a short time. Yes, that makes sense. Yes. yes. it. Uh, I much prefer to drink it, uh, but uh, but they to each their own. That's uh, right. Uh, ass's milk is absolutely disgusting. That again, I've had to chew are, a drink before, but it was more pleasurable than this. I do not think that when you start to chew something that you can call it a drink anymore. I think at that point it becomes something else. It's like a soup. Mm, well, soups are not always chewy, because a broth you can sip, and it is also what? a soup. Is there a difference between a broth and a soup, I wonder? Well, I'm Yes, I think. Well, broth is usually thin and ha doesn't have anything in it, but a soup could be thin, but usually has something in it. Yes, yes. Uh, porridge. Porridge. That is... Uh, it's a good fit. Gruel, I think, as well. Mm. Yes. I do not know. You do not look familiar. I am... I am... Uh, Kerikov. Hey, Kerikov. Good to meet you. Grigori Kozel. It is a pleasure, Mr. Kozel. And uh, you, madam. Uh, hello, are you... Uh, are yes, Miss Nondak. Nondak, hello. Pleasure, pleasure. Is this your first time aboard the uh, the Express? Yes, I do apologize for delaying our departure. We had uh, several questions amongst our party as to the uh, uh, goings-on of this uh, place and uh, mode of transport. Of course, of course, yes, yes. Uh, it is a uh, for the first time. It is uh, a bit uh, alarming, indeed. Yes, yes. Uh, however, um, might I ask what is it you all uh, do? Wait, what? Your professions. What is it you do in the working oh, world? Of course, I am a hunter. Oh, interesting. And you've got I am a man. zoologist. What a very curious combination. A hunter. Do you not kill those things you hunt? Do you capture oh, and give over to zoo person here? I well, I have captured before and turned them over uh, to Miss Pema, yes. But generally I kill them. Um Yeah. I see it. Do you have you a do. preferred uh, means of doing so? Oh rifle, my friend. Oh, excellent, excellent. Uh, what model is your preference? I know a thing or two about arms, of course. I rumble off whatever the big game rifle that it's appropriate that is, for my time period. That is a, a very reliable piece, yes, yes. Uh, I think it's a 30 lever action carbine. It is reliable. There are better options, of course. I have connections that might provide you something more... Uh, <clears throat> Effective, but it, uh, if it works for you, then that is fine. It is I'm fine. always open for new experiences. Indeed, indeed. Uh, would you care then to share a ass's milk bath then with your new friend Karakov? I would love to bathe an ass's milk with you. Let us bathe an ass's milk together. Miss Nandak, I would be remiss not to invite you. But I say that you have put up the curtain, so I do not mean to impose. Yes, I have taken to traveling in 
larger and larger groups and just uh, some time alone is quite appreciated. Not that I don't enjoy hearing the discourse of broths and stews and soups and whatnot. I am enjoying my space over here. Of course, of course. Well, we uh, we will enjoy our ass's milk bath together. So we yes. see as that starts to transpire. We'll cut over then to the parlor uh, again parlor as uh those of you who uh traveled in that direction you realize as you come in it is a very uh there's a very fanciful scent as it almost looks like a garden uh, uh as there are so many beautiful sweet flowers that apparently are planted here in these filigree tubs uh, you can also see that there are a number of fountains like decorative fountains at play there are all sorts of bottles of this sort of uh, ornate and very curious design liqueurs uh, all sorts of different colors. Uh, they don't necessarily have labels necessarily. Uh, you can see that there are these small little pedestal tables uh, of a variety of precious metals uh, that uh, that seem to have stacked up these cream and jam laced cakes and these dainty six pointed sandwiches. Uh, you notice that uh, Madame Bruja is here. Uh, she was sipping what looks from a teacup, but upon your arrival, she looks up. <laughs> goodness and then she gets up grabs her valise her valise excuse me and starts to leave you excuse there there are not uh any of these there's not like these massive like libraries like there's not like but there are these small little bookcases here and there uh and that is what you see as you come in what would you looking be looking to be do here looking to do here excuse me uh, Killian has been trying to get back to this place for almost all of his life, so he's going to try and find any way to, um, you know, if they have any sort of reference material for how to get here, um, or just anything on the Dreamlands, or, you know, he's wanting to learn as much as he can at this point. Okay. Uh, you can roll a library use, or, uh, yeah, li as libraries, yeah. But it's not a library. Uh, it's still that. It's still that. <laughs> it's still that do you skill. have a parlor use skill? <laughs> yeah, I do actually. Yeah, it's it's a uh, eighty. Yeah. Adam, uh, could I roll that as well? Uh, no, you can't. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Is there I'm something in particular nonfiction specifically, just like anything that could be of scientific value? Okay. I guess I'll be looking to see if there's anything about. Fashioning this token. Yeah, it's a success for me. Role. Thirteen under sixty. Okay. It's been uh, in the four luck. Uh, yes, I am. Oh, okay, wow. so both of you, uh, both of you, uh, were successful. Any? Uh, is it just normal successes, or did anybody like get any? Just uh, normal. Okay, for me. Okay. Edgar's was a. Um, yeah, I was. Uh, under star. half two star yeah all right so if you're looking for anything on the dreamland specifically I'm trying to see if i have anything that might joseph are you spending the five luck no i like failing you don't have to roll joseph i just i rolled to see if you found something interesting okay he just picks up the head cool pictures <laughs> okay uh all right so Trying to see if there's any books I have in my list that might work for you. 
Uh, all right. So if you're looking for just knowledge on the Dreamlands, Killian, yeah, it's you find several uh, books here and there that kind of touch on it. Uh, much of it seems to sort of track the history of some of it's like the history of the Dreamlands Express specifically as it kind of seems to detail like it seems to be like a, its own like vanity uh, vanity magazine to some degree about how this Dreamlands Express was formed, uh, what uh, you know what Henri Peters did to sort of form it. Uh, but if you're looking to try to figure out how to go to and from this place, uh, that is actually quite easy to find. Uh, and then it really just boils down to you go to sleep here, you wake up back there. If you are thinking at any point in the real world, in the waking world, about this place, any bed that you go to sleep in could potentially take you back to here as long as that is what you have focused on prior uh, to, uh, to going to bed. The other thing you find is that particularly capable or talented folk or folk that have an, an, like an intrinsic or strong link to the dreamlands that if they were to pass, die in the dreamlands, they could potentially be reborn here. Not everyone has that capability, uh, but it only is those that have a particularly strong, uh, a strong tie to this place. Um, Henri mentioned that he himself was one who did that. Uh, so you would imagine that not necessarily everyone is capable of it. Um, you also would know other things you might get. You learn a little bit about how particularly strong dreamers actually have the capacity sometimes to affect what's happening around you. Uh, mm -hmm. Like you can, in terms of sort of creation of things or manipulation of things, it is not easy. It is not something that happens consistently. It's something that takes a significant amount of practice. Uh, so what I'm basically doing is I'm telling you a little bit of what the dreaming skill could kind of do for you. Uh, so there's ways in which you can kind of use it to actualize something. It's not necessarily manifesting something out of thin air, but sometimes manipulating that which is already there. So I would say that's probably what you would get, Killian, in the short time you have. Yeah, so Killian all of a sudden gets resolved for... <laughs> He's been wanting to do this in his entire life. Uh, and you would also actually say one other thing I would give you, and that's because of specifically your situation, is that there are times in which those who have woken from the dream, either because it was something that they intentionally did, there are times in which holding on to the dream is difficult. Uh, so those, like, like, like the first time a dreamer wakes within the Orient Express, whether or not they hold on to the memories of their dream is, is not an automatic. Uh, and so mechanically it's like an intelligence role and likely it's possible that you failed that intelligence role. And maybe that's why you forgot your experiences here in full until you reemerged back here once more. Mm. Mm. I quickly share that with Edgar and Joseph both because, you know, I, I basically say, hey, if you, if you all do remember this and I don't, please try and relay this to me. Yes, of course, Mr. Bangura. This oh. is, this is, uh, been over me since I was a child. This is something that, uh, I almost gave up on. 
Although, I would like to admit to you, I have remembered a dream since I saw a vampire when I was five. <laughs> oh. If you do, though, I mean... I suppose this would be the one, right? Wouldn't it? Perhaps. I'm just going to enjoy it as much as I can, while I can. Cheers. I have found it to be quite memorable. All right, Edgar, you said you were just looking at history. Is there anything? Can you give me something more to go on, like in terms of which I wanted nonfiction, anything like possibly about the actual dreamlands, anything more of like research value. If it doesn't exist, that's fine. OK, no, 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 it's fine. Um, so I will say that since you were you were recently introduced to a few terms of people, uh, specifically the beings of Ib and Sarnathians you that might be at the foremost of your mind as you're kind of going through things or maybe it's just you know as you're going through the books you go through one shelf and you're looking and there's nothing there and then you kind of cycle back to a shelf that you thought you already looked at before but now that you look at it there's this book that kind of talks a little bit about uh the conflict between them uh and yeah you learn a little bit about a history and it, it seems as this is in, in in very many ways like there's some disagreements over specifically what transpired uh but apparently as i scroll uh like crazy to get here where i need to um a very long time ago we're talking like a thousand plus years uh the city of sarnath uh and the city of ib were neighbors on the shore of lake uh Minar. and it was at some point like the the city of ib decided like to send it all in one night uh, from the moon to arrive on the lake, like sort of next to uh, next to where Sar the Sarnathians were to live. And like when they sort of showed themselves, they were so loathsome, loathsome and sort of flabby and sort of jelly like. And they couldn't really they didn't really speak. They had these they had no voices, but occasionally one of them would squeak in a way that made no sense. And there's there's some kind of disagreement over exactly what transpired after that. But from what you're reading, you're something about the Sarnathians possibly slaughtered them all and kind of sort of that sort of precipitated this, this disagreement. However, that was a really long time ago. And for some reason, uh, they're only now kind of addressing it. Uh, that doesn't particularly address why. Uh, but after, after like the death of all these, these these beings of Ib, there was there was peace, obviously, because they essentially committed a, a form of genocide. Uh, but I would say that you you, re, you you probably get a little bit of info on that story, if that makes sense. Does it say how they're addressing it now, like a thousand years later? Um, I would say it's not in the history books, but what you glean from Henri, I would say he probably mentioned this, that there's delegations from both and there's some sort of political machination that's happening. Uh, apparently further along the track, they're going to to meet with uh, uh, with King Karanis to see if like they can negotiate some sort of peace. Would it say uh, where King Karanis is? Uh, you it, again, the book doesn't say this. This is all stuff that you Henry. might have gotten in your conversation with Henry because this is a history book and this is all current events that's happening now. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, I would say he probably would have mentioned Sona Nil. Okay. So if you look at the map, let me see if... Yeah, towards the end of the rail. Yeah. 
just before the crystal headlands. Well, we lost Steven for a sec. Sorry, my bad. Oh, you're good, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think I would just absorb that and try to memorize as much as I can, try to think about how it could be useful for our mission. Sure. Okay. And then, Joseph, you were just kind of trying to figure out how to do this artifact thing, right? That's kind of yep. like all you were really worried about, like kind of learning a little bit more about it. So from what you're able to glean, um, it's going to take the train a few days to get to the Gulf of Nodens. And if there's any fears that you have that you want to get rid of forever, okay, then that's what, like, you you create a physical object that represents mm-hmm. that in some particular way. Um, now, it's often done in, in your compartment, but you can do it here if you, if you prefer. Um, but basically, what you're looking to do is you're trying to create an object that embodies, like, anything that sort of, like, disappointed hopes or, like, fears or something like that and it usually should be something small enough that it can be thrown in like literally thrown into the gulf that you pass over uh now ideally this is done especially if you're in the same room with killian right now and you're kind of all sharing information that you're learning and reading about ideally this is done through focusing one's mind with kind of this dreaming skill but there are other more mundane ways to go about doing it uh, so if if the dreaming skill, which again is not something that most dreamlanders are even able to do, but you mm-hmm. all have a tiny bit of that skill, they can always try a more mundane art or craft or something like that to try to, okay. to try to make something from it. Right. You're right. Well, he's just going to start that process. Okay. Um, do you I want try to try to, to dream- at least? Yeah. I mean, you can try the dreaming skill if you like. You want to describe a little bit of like what you're trying to make and then we can give it a rip clearly his greatest fear is the destiny that the cult that raised him placed upon him and he's tried his entire life to avoid it so you'd very much like to craft some sort of mirror like the image of what they say he's meant to be he wants to craft that and throw that in the ocean and be rid of that fear fantastic i mean Roll the dreaming skill, because if you succeed at this, the manifestation of it actually doesn't take very long. It's the mundane skill that might, if you have to fall back on that. Okay. Lots so. of boosts. I do. How many yeah, can I take? Uh, two, I think. We said, I think we set up to two. Is that bonus dice, or is that just it raises the ten percent per per boost? Okay. I'm gonna spend the luck on that. Ooh. Okay, so while... Look? Okay, absolutely. So while Edgar and Killian are reading and you guys are all talking, Joseph, you're like going through, again, the sort of like vanity document, you know, that's it's, it's literally like the Dream Express tour guide that you're reading through that kind mm-hmm. of gives you this idea of how to focus and how to do this. And you're just almost kind of going along, doing it, doing it, maybe... You're not 100% sure if it's going to work or it's not going to work. But you, as you're, as you're playing around, you, you watch as, as in front of you, like the, the bits of the table, the countertop begin to reshape. Like all the countertops in here are some kind of precious metal, golds and silvers. And you can see like a, a section of it, a very small section of it begins to shimmer and shift. 
and begins to almost become far shinier and more reflective. And you notice in front of you as like, you can actually see your face beginning to slowly coalesce out of that shimmering. You see a section of the gold frame of the gold table begin to rise off in like almost 3D like effect, creating this frame around it. And as you're concentrating, little beads of sweat are beginning to come down from your forehead. And you see one of those beads of sweat falls off your eyebrow, falls onto the mirror itself. And this expulsion of liquid, more than a single bead of sweat should have had, washes over that small area. And when it dries, you see a perfect reflection, except the image you see of yourself is not, as you know, true to what you really look like, but it's rather a monstrous reflection. Like everyone's worst, worst kind of imitation of what you could be like this exaggerated kind of hideous looking form that others or maybe yourself at some point might have kind of assumed yourself to be roll a sand test. Yay. Do, 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 do. Sanity. Roll for sand. One of my favorite phrases in TTRPGs. It is. Success. And you're holding it together. You're fine. Yeah. And you see it because you know in your mind that is not really what you look like. And you, you hear the voice of Henri in your, the back of your mind that this is just a manifestation of the fear of what something, you know, that the very thing that you fear you might be or might be to others. And you see in front of you, there is a, a mirror. It's like, well, maybe like a hand mirror size. You see mm-hmm. a, a chunk yeah, of the... like yeah. about that size. Sure. You see a, a, like a handle begin to form. And you now have this beautiful gold-framed, gold-handled mirror that when you look at it, shows this monstrous self. You have your dream artifact. Well, that worked a lot better than I expected. But I think I need a drink. <laughs> I'll just go to the liqueurs that were over there and sure. just pour like two or three random ones together. Just slapdash <laughs> to make something to drink. Absolutely. So you go over and you just get random colors because there's no labels. So you just pour it mm-hmm. in. You take a drink and it's delicious. Whatever it is, it is abs- is, is both fruity and malty at the same time, but somehow it kind of works. Just okay. a 1920s dream car version of like the 7-Eleven thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Suicide. Yeah. So it's around this time as Grigori and Karakov for bathing in ass's milk as Pema is scrubbing herself clean from travel and trying to remove all of the evidence of her trying to kill a cat. Killian reading about dreaming and the powers certain dreamers might have and Edgar reading about the history of the beings of Ib uh, and the uh, in the city of Sarnath that you all hear the sound of a gong just like echo throughout the entirety of every train car at this same level it just seems to to kind of come through and it's at that point you realize like you're being essentially summoned for your banquet and even those of you that are in the uh, in in the bathhouse, you know, it is the that is time for dinner. Uh, I shall 
Uh, meet you there, Mr. Kozul. Uh, it was a pleasure to share Abs milk with you. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. I look forward to it. And he stands out of the bath. No shame whatsoever. Kind of lets himself drip a little bit. Puts the robe back on. Miss Nondek, it was uh, lovely to meet you. I look forward to seeing you in the banquet hall. Yes? See you shortly. And so, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to get cleaned up? Do you want to get dressed? What is it you want to do? Yes, I need to rinse all the ass milk off me real quick. Get dressed. Okay. See, you okay. need a you need a you need a bath after the bath. I <laughs> yes. am ready to My go. My bath was very chunky. Well, your skin will be the better for it. I will see you at dinner. Very well. Well, you guys, I, you guys actually have the same compartment. So, I mean, all of you, to one degree or another, probably return to your compartment to get dressed, get changed. When you arrive in your compartment, you notice that there have been more fineries that have been laid out. Uh, you can see beautiful suits, elegant wear. You can see uh, a choice of dresses and uh, ties and coats, all sizes that seem almost perfect to your shapes. Uh, many of them seem to align with some of like your cultural upbringings, like wherever you're necessarily from, you kind of see there's a little bit of that flavor to them, but with the dreamlands flourishes here and there to create it a little bit more elegant, a little bit more up. Um, anybody who would like to, as you come in here, you also hear like a, Underneath it all, you hear like a little sort of thumping or a, some sort of sound that just seems to just catches your attention. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you would like to roll listen, uh, go ahead and roll a listen test. I'm an old man and my ears aren't what they used to be. <laughs> uh, well, you did bad. Yep. Looks like it. Free but if Everybody and I rolled like an 81, so there's I don't even have that much luck to okay. pass. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you come moving in. Uh, after a few moments, uh, like as you look around, try to locate exactly where it's coming from. You think it's maybe from a neighboring compartment. But when you get a little closer to that compartment, it suddenly quiets. Uh, and from the other side of the room, you hear and then a thump. And you turn around, and this adorable little black kitten, uh, which was crawling, at least attempting to crawl atop this ornate armra on the other side, seems to have fallen and gotten tangled up in some of the some of the attire that was hung up on this uh, on this little railing on the far side, and is now kind of flopping around inside of it, trying desperately to come free. Well, Careful, don't it. step on it, Pema. <laughs> I'll try and assist it. Of course, of course, Killian. You you move on over. No role necessary. Kind of unfurl, and you see in front of you this furry black kitten, so young. Uh, these overly big eyes that, when they look at you, are kind of got this bluish tint to them. These ears that are too big for its head. Uh, paws as well. And it just sort of like looks up at you. And then as you're looking at it, it kind of just smacks you right in the face, like in this playful sense. 
without malice, right? It just seems to be playful, and it kind of is as if it's trying to climb up onto your chin. Yeah. Uh, one day you will be a fine hunter, as I uh, put him up on my shoulder. You or all watch it up on my shoulder. You all watch. I mean, if you want to look in, there are ways. Ashley yeah. told us how to determine, uh, yeah. but uh, it's a, it's a male cat. Okay. Uh, so you you put the cat of uh, the kitten up on top of your shoulder. Turn around. All of you see that there is now this beautiful black kitten that is. Uh, Killing, what kind of hair do you have? Actually, I can't remember. Uh, short hair. Um, okay. Very, 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 very curly. <laughs> you watch as the cat reaches uh, up and starts to straighten some of the curls and then bites one and then kind of does an Indiana Jones like swing right across Killian's chest and lands on the other on the other shoulder and then hops off of that and onto Joseph's shoulder. Mm-hmm. It takes after you. He's on. He's on my shoulder. Look at the. the, the he he jumped on my shoulder. Yes, it's a regular stunt cat. And you hear in your ear, best cat ever. You hear in your ear. I'm so happy. You have no idea how happy I am right now. You can tell it wants something from you. Hey. Um, I'll grab one. I'm not sure what I have on my person. Uh, uh, I mean, almost anything that wasn't like weapon related, uh, mm-hmm. you would anything you would have normally carry on your person, I would say, in the waking world. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, uh, I don't have a lot written on my. You Mr. Kidmo, I believe it wants something. Yeah, I'm trying to look on my character sheet to grab something. Um, there's tons of stuff he, in the room too, so it's not like you. You, I mean, this place is ridiculously ornate and very well stocked. With oh, I know all what sorts do. of things. Yeah. So somehow in this room, there's like a very ornate, like Rough Riders style uniform. Mm-hmm. And there's like like that particular type of like almost old west style tie. He's gonna take that, lift it up, and tie it on the kitten, and maybe somehow it just kind of shrinks to match his size. Okay, so you just tie a little kind of tie for the same. It looks down at itself. Your fancy it kinda, cat kind of pushes you. It kind of pushes your head, like like it's like pushing it, and. Uh, you notice it's kind of pushing you in the direction of a mirror, like it wants to see how it looks. Here we go. Look at you. So it comes, so so you come in, it kind of looks. And then it climbs up on top of your, the very top of your head, kind of looks around (laughs) as if it's really taking in everybody else in the room. (laughs) And you can see it leaps off of your head and there's a chandelier coming down from the roof and it kind of climbs along the chandelier, kind of looking down, kind of smacking a few of these little crystals, and you just hear like a, the shaking of it. It's very, it's very intrusive. And then it hops down right onto Kozel's shoulder. Hello? Meow. Would... It's a pleasure to meet you. Meow. My name is Grigori. Meow. 
Let's see, what can I give you? What can I give you? It's the 1920s. Everyone's got smokes. I'll give the cat a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) You put a a cat with a cigarette and a bolo tie. (laughs) Right in his mouth. I'll get a match. You put a cigarette into this beautiful little kitten's mouth. Yes. Hang on. And it goes. Let's see what I got. Uh, perfect. <laughs> uh, you look fantastic. I'll get you a light. Look in the mirror. Show it. Look oh, yes. Look in the mirror. Look at you. You're adorable, my friend. Oh. Hey, fair enough. Would you like food instead? <coughs> I will find food in the room. Okay. Uh, there are some grapes and other what looks like finger fruits and things in here. Yeah. Berries and such. Do you like fruit, cat? <coughs> it's not an answer. How? What? <laughs> So I'll just start... set the cat in the fruit bowl. Okay, and it just starts smashing it all. <laughs> yes, my boy. Fruit is just raw wine at this point. And at this point, you see it just kind of this very leap. good for it. It leaps all out of the the bowl of smashed fruit and onto the ornate carpeting of your room, and it's just just making all these discolored paw print marks all over your your beautiful embroidered carpentry and then it kind of looks back at what it did and then kind of up at you and you swear it's got a shit-eating grin and it just goes Meow. and then bolts out of the room at that point I, I and that know. is why i prefer dogs <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what that cat wanted but it should learn to communicate better Okay, Do not like believe people. it was a cigarette, Mr. Kozel, but it does I don't either. Miss... I just wanted to see what it would do. <laughs> it does make me miss my Felix back home. Ten out of ten. Oh, you have the a best cat. dream I've ever had. I do have a cat. And who's back watching it right now? Oh, you know. <laughs> I still didn't You've come up with the name. Two hours almost. <laughs> I know. Doing other things. Great job, Steve. It is good teamwork. <laughs> kept uh, it's being looked out for quite well. Oh, it was your assistant at the zoo, right? The intern. So that's the thing. She said it's in Tibet, but she's been working in London in a zoo. So, like, how long has she abandoned this cat? <laughs> I had in been in London. I. You've had... been working in London for at least a decade. It's oh, a twenty-year-old now... cat. <laughs> yeah. I hate to say it It's but gonna die missing you long. Just hoping you'll come home But you never do Wow I was quite relaxed After a bath and after this discussion <laughs> I do believe I would like to take My leave of you all And okay. Apologies I thought it was an innocent question She just left it outside Of a pizzeria <laughs> I was about to, to make a comment like that soul-crushing Futurama episode. Yes. Oh my god, that's so fantastic. Okay, so Pema, you leave. Uh, I presume are you headed in the direction of the banquet car? Yes. Okay. What about the rest of you? Yeah, I'd go that direction as well. Oh yeah. Same. Okay. 
rest okay. up and super happy. All right. So, uh, yeah, all, yeah, go ahead, Killian. Sorry. Apparently, I have a passenger with me. You do? That's a cat. Yeah, oh, a yeah. cat. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, the other one already left. Sorry. So adorable. Mm. Now it has a cigarette and a bolo tie. <laughs> it does. Yeah. <laughs> and we can track everywhere it went because it it's leaving. And a cocaine problem, apparently, too. All right. So, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, okay. So you guys head into the dining car. Uh, when you get there, you realize you are you are the last to arrive. Uh, as already seated, uh, you see uh, Madame Bruja, uh, uh, who, uh, or Bruja, excuse me. Uh, you can see that she's kind of, she. you can still tell um, that she's uh, not particularly comfortable is around the table, this, this beautiful table uh, where all sorts of fineries have already been laid out. She's eating fairly sparingly and she's keeping her distance from the two other, uh, the two other people in the room. You can see Mac, uh, the man you spoke with briefly on the platform and then later uh, kind of saluted you while traveling through the train. Uh, again, has that kind of, um, like, you know, Scottish tweed. You see Karakoff who says, Mr. Kozel, uh, yes, come sit, come sit. And he has like, join. saved a seat for you. Uh, and he's once again back in his, uh, his you know, his, his furs. Um, then, uh, like, in Mac, kind of like, are, Joseph, are you in your military? Like, you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Are you in your? Okay. Like, oh yeah, it's, a, it's like so, an exaggerated version of it, probably. Uh, so when he calls out, he's like, um, he's like, uh, uh, Mister. It's too many. There's too many accents, and I'm trying to like negotiate them in my head. It's like, uh, Mister Tidwell. That, that's not right. And he kind of motions over to you, and there's like a, a seat. Uh, come, come see it. I did not. I was not aware that you are. Uh, he's got. A, he's got like a British Scottish accent. And I'm totally not being able to get into it right now for some reason. I'm, I said, no it's over. See you guys, you guys next time. Uh, but he waves okay. you over. <laughs> of course. Yeah, if I have uh, one voice, I don't have any accents. You're doing it's fine. It's really hard to go from <laughs> Russian to Emily Peters, uh, which is apparently a terrible French accent, as everyone has been telling me. Uh, or I love, uh, I love straight. Uh, and then, uh, and then you can see it periodically on, on he comes in and he's kind of, kind of gracious but you look around and the banquet hall is absolutely just just gorgeous like this is long table it runs down the center chairs on either side all of it's like this oak inset with teak you see the table is already set for a meal there's cloth there's gold not there's knives of silver you can see these rubies like actual rubies inset in the handles crystal goblets and decanters that have been lit out and you can see there's a variety of, uh, of vintages of, of fine wine. And there are menus uh, that are available uh, kind of showing you what's going to be served tonight. And I will share that menu uh, with you in just a moment. Uh, where is it? This is the first feast, right? Yeah, this is the welcoming banquet. Uh, so as you're kind of looking around, you see these ornate menus have been laid out in each one of these locations where people are sit, uh, are sitting. You can see a cream of turtle soup, grilled elephant pads stuffed with truffles and sweetbreads, spit-roasted pheasant, quail, and partridge, boar's head a la mode, fruits, nuts, and spices from Siddharthian groves, sauces prepared by the subtlest cooks suited to the palate of every feaster. You can see there's a drinks menu as well. 
And as you're perusing it, you can see Henri comes out. Uh, Henri is here. Is there? What can I get you uh, to drink this evening? Uh, I can, if you would like any uh, assistance in choosing the wine. And he goes through, and there's like all this different types of like wine choices, wines from Seru. These are places that I would say only Killian and probably now Edgar, who did some research as well, probably understands. The wines of Sarub, Implan, the Carthian Hills, and Mount Aran. There's Zug Moon Tree wine as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's pearls uh, from wave washed and tall, dissolved in the vinegar of Thrace. With the exception of Killian and Edgar, most of this just looks like gibberish to you all. Is there any chance I could get a concoction? There was a green, a purple, and a gold liqueur that I just I, I threw them together. It was amazing. A green pepper and a, what was the final? Got a green pepper. Green, purple, and gold. It was in the parlor. It was good. And you, as you're speaking to him, you don't necessarily notice that there's tentacle. The rest of you probably see it, in, unless you're engaged in conversation. As a tentacle is like snuck in through the window, and has placed just like right next to Joseph while he's looking <laughs> Henri in the eye. This beautiful large crystal decanter that seems to have a mixture of all of the liqueurs that you were just talking about. I literally just made this up like 20 minutes ago. You are very creative, Mr. Titwell. I imagined this quite delicious. And I see quite impressive service. Well, I believe Um, service shall be impeccable and uh, more or less invisible as well. I'll have a slow gin fizz, thank you. Indeed, of course, of course. Mr. Kozil, uh, something from the drinks menu, or would you like something off? Yes, uh, from the drinks, I, you know, yeah, whatever the sweetest wine you've got there. The sweetest, of course, of course. Ah, well, there are... Well, there are very many choices, of course. I, um, I know this is your first time, but uh, the uh, wines of Sarup are beautiful chartreuse, if that is what you prefer. The wines of Implan is more of a champagne. Uh, it uh, goes uh, very well with the roast peacock, which we are not serving tonight, but it is very good with others. Carthian, uh, wonderful reds. Uh, Burgundies, of course, and uh, a run, uh, a whitish wine. Um, if you want something, hmm, I would recommend. Oh. And of course, there is the Zook Moon Tree wine. If you would like to be adventurous, it is uh, poured uh, from delicate and spe- special golds. Oh, Miss Nantak, is that what you would like to uh, partake in? Oh, I was just saying to Mr. Kozlet, I think adventurous sounds Yes, that's, right. that's the one I'll have. Of course, of course. Uh, would anybody else care to partake, Mr. Page? Uh, apologies. Uh, I find this whole dreamlands fascinating, and I would wish to remember every detail. So I would prefer not to dull the senses. Of course, of course, no problem. Uh, I shall get you uh would you like to try? Non-alcoholic uh, will not uh, affect your memory or your uh, your performance in anything. The pearls from Wave Wash uh, Perhaps I'll just stick to water tonight. Water. Yes, of course. We can get you water. So, Mr. Kozil, and he kind of turns the Kozil with yes. a touch more excitement. <laughs> you would like to try the moon wine, yes? Yes, yes, please. Oh. 
And so, um, and Pema, do you want to try it as well? Or are you doing something else? I would like to try the pearls dissolved in vinegar. Okay. Uh, and you can see like, as it's brought out to you, like, like you can see the vinegars and this beautiful decanter and it just kind of drops these pearls and they start to fizz and sizzle a bit. Uh, Edgar gets his water. Uh, <laughs> Killian gets his drink. Gregory, uh, you can see he, you know, you can see Henri has this beautiful looking gourd, like an actual gourd. Everything else is gorgeous and amazing, but this is like an actual gourd. You can see it's sort of the, the top of it is hollowed out. And he's like, it is a fermented sap from a haunted tree, which grows uh, from a seed dropped by someone on the moon. At least that is what uh, I am told. Uh, say from a haunted tree. Yes, of course. Uh, the, I'm very uh, curious. From a non-haunted tree, it is uh, too bitter, as if it's uh, it is like drinking uh, wine that is uh, that has gone sour in some way. Yes, yes. Oh. Uh, so here you go. Please go right ahead. Uh, take a drink. Take a, a hearty swig after giving it a little swirl and nose and and uh, go ahead and roll a contest. You've got it. Ooh. Um, I'll I'll lock that to a success if I can. Okay. Um, Four you points. Can. I mean, we're, we're, so you you go to drink it, and there's a very potent aroma. And it tastes absolutely delicious. It's nothing like you've ever tasted before. It's both sweet and uh, and rich. And you start to get very, whew, just a little bit. The room kind of starts to dance around. And all of you watch as Gregory's head just goes, whoom, smashes down right into his, in his play setting. You hear everything shake. And everyone at the table just begins to laugh and laugh. As Gregory's head comes back up, kind of covered in what looks like some kind of strange butter, uh, as you do manage to keep yourself conscious. But boy, that was one very hearty and hefty drink. And I think that's what we'll go ahead and end and we'll pick up on <laughs> nice. that wonderful little moment next time. <laughs> Sounds like you should have ordered the water. <laughs> no, no, I'm nope. going to order what another one of these. I'm yes. going gonna, gonna to trade you a cup of mine for a cup of yours. Water. I'm down. All right. Water. Plain water. Jeez. More, more of this. <laughs> Killian. <laughs> Not Killian. Uh, Edgar with his uh, Killjoy. I feel like Steven just is like, let me make Killjoy characters. That's just like your, <laughs> mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. like your shtick, man. You're just like, oh, I fun stuff. Can I just have a water? <laughs> no. <laughs> he pulls out a gun to shoot you. <laughs> Once again, the tentacle oh wraps wow. around Edgar and yanks him. What up. customer service? <laughs> no, you may not have water. Uh, all right. Uh, so yeah, that's it for for tonight. As we are, like I said, we are on the Orient Express, but we're on a better train. It's a, it's a better train. It's more elegant, yeah. and you can give a cat a freaking cigarette. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and a bolo right. tie. Why don't yeah. we do some closing plugs and we'll get on out of here. Uh, Jeremy, tell us about uh, this uh, this Patreon. Sure. You're in reason on Patreon. You've got maps, tokens, comics, other fun stuff. Check it out. Perfect. Uh, Chuck, what's Defenders doing this week? Oh, uh, yes. On Defenders of Cobalt on Wednesday, we're doing Dungeon Crawl Classics. Night Below on Friday, we are finally wrapping our Universe Ball theory one shots um 
yeah, that's what we got this week. Cool. Right on. Uh, see, Adam, what's going on with Grim Perilous? Well, uh, over the weekend, we just got some merchandise up on our shop. If you wanted to have the Grim and Perilous logo on a cup, a shirt, a bag, a spiral notebook, pins, etc., um, you can go to grimandperilous.com slash shop and um, uh, find something there. Very cool. That's what we've got. Uh, or did you end up using the printful thing that you that mm-hmm. you had sent us? Yeah, it's pretty yep. cool. It's pretty cool. Like Adam, uh, we're probably going to follow suit here relatively soon. Uh, but yeah, it seems pretty cool. There's a lot of different options. Awesome. Uh, then for us here at uh, Mitchell's Not Like Egging, uh, tomorrow night, Stephen, what are we playing? We are playing Forbidden Lands. Jeff will be there. Melissa will be there. They have amazing characters that are not Killjoys, and they are stuck in a labyrinth that defies physics with an otter that defies good manners um and we'll see how that resolves uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. i mean i think all of us kind of know uh where it's headed uh, <laughs> it's set in so pretty much <laughs> pretty much we'll see uh as for the rest of the week uh on thursday you can see uh me jeremy melissa as we're playing some uh die the role-playing game from uh rowan rook into card uh very very fun all sorts of nonsense going on in that one so far uh it's uh, it's a delight to see jeremy's face whenever i make a reference <laughs> and he gets the reference it's so exciting uh to play with people who get references uh then friday i think we're doing some mothership uh i think that's our plan as we're down uh, an Aaron this week so we won't be doing any conan uh happy birthday Aaron. uh i think we're going to be doing some mothership instead just for fun uh, Saturday, we'll be back to Wondering as per usual. And next Monday, Holler, which uh, you can see Jeremy and Chuck, Melissa and that as well. Getting near the end of that one. Uh, and yeah, that's it. So thanks everyone out tonight. Thanks to those of you who threw some bits and subs out at the beginning of this. Give us that hype train. Uh, we are going to go ahead and raid somebody. Who are we going to raid? Fabled42? Let's do that. Haven't raided them in a while. So follow the raid. Follow us if you haven't done that already. Defenders, Grim and Perilous, myself, Adventures in Lollygagging, etc. Uh, and we'll catch you all later. Bye-bye.